Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a Medic's Mind, the podcast. Sorry, I get a little excited sometimes. I apologize. Uh, but anyway, I hope you're doing well. Thank you for coming out. Thanks for joining me on this episode of a Medic's Mind. Um, I've been busy. Uh, I've been busy writing in the past two days. I think I've written uh, just over 4,000 words. Uh, I've been working very hard on my book, uh, A Medic's Mind, the same you know, title as this, uh, as this podcast. Um, been working really hard on that, working with uh, Heather, my publisher, and kind of going back and forth with things. Uh, it's an arduous process, a rewarding process, but an arduous one, uh, to say the very least. Fatiguing uh, is another uh, aspect of writing a book. I've never written a book before, so this is all new to me. Everything I'm going through right now is new and uh, unknown. So I'm sort of just uh, experiencing everything as I as I take it as I go through. Uh, so it's it is something, but uh, you know, I I wish I could read for you some of the stuff because I feel really good about the the posts that I've written over the past couple of days. One of them in particular uh, about my good friend Colin, uh, a guy that I served with and a guy that was killed overseas in Afghanistan. Um, you know, it's it's typically a very difficult topic to address. But I wrote a story about Colin and I in a very uh, fun way. I, I fixated on a very fun memory. And I actually found myself smiling as I wrote it. Uh, and I would love to read that for you. But, uh, you know, I can't read the entire book over the podcast, right? I mean, can't do that. So, uh, you know, you'll just have to wait. And then pre-order. It's going to come out soon for pre-order. So make sure uh, you uh, keep listening to the podcast. And uh, as soon as it's available, I will say, hey, a Medic's Mind is available for pre-order. Go do that. <laughs> um, anyway, I, uh, I went to the doctor today. That's fun, isn't it? Uh, I hate going to the doctor. I, you know, I've just been feeling off, uh, lately over the past you know, week, week and a half. And I figured it was finally time to go and, and, uh, sit down with the doc and say, Hey, this is some of the stuff that's going on. Uh, you know, how long do I have left to live? <laughs> I don't think it's anything too sinister. Uh, he didn't seem overly concerned. Uh, so ran some tests. We'll see what happens. I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, but it should be okay, though. Um, I also canceled a date. Yeah, I was supposed to go on a date uh, this past week. And I canceled it. Uh, you know, I, I met this girl online. Uh, and I say that rather, you know, despairingly, but... Uh, disparagingly, but... um. You know, she's actually a breath of fresh air. She's very nice, very normal, which is a an, an insane rarity on in the world of the perfidious world of online dating. Uh, she's very nice, somebody that I could really think I could really be friends with. Um, if if absolutely nothing else, uh, definitely friends. I, I feel I kind of count her in my friend circle already. Uh, but we we're supposed to meet up and go. And I I see date doing air quotes. It wasn't really a date. You know, it was just uh, a meet and greet, so to speak. We were going to go meet for coffee. But the day that uh, that we were supposed to meet up, I, I had to cancel I, for a couple of different reasons. One, I was absolutely exhausted. Sleep has been all over the place again. Uh, I've been having a lot of trouble maintaining the adherence to getting up at a certain time as well as going to bed. Like this morning, I didn't go to bed till about 630. Uh, I just could not fall asleep. I was laying there tossing and turning. I was uncomfortable. I was sweating and then I wasn't sweating. And then, you know, then when I did start to fall asleep, my body would shake uh, and it just, it wasn't good. Um, 
And so sleep has been really tough lately. So that day I, I just, I, I was flat out honest with her. I just say, Hey, listen, I can have some sleep issues. This isn't personal, but I, I really just, I can't, I can't do today. You know, what I didn't tell her was that I was just too exhausted to try and be somewhat engaging and charming. Cause when you're meeting somebody new for the first time, especially a girl, you have to sort of kind of put your best foot forward. You know, I'm not saying you have to be somebody else, but maybe the best version of yourself in that initial meeting, uh, a genuine version, but sort of, you know, highlight the best. And, uh, I didn't have the energy to do that. Uh, I wasn't happy first off, you know, I've been miserable because my, my sleep has been, uh, been a huge struggle. I'm miserable because I had to get some antibiotics today and they come in pill form. And, uh, anyone who's listened to the podcast knows that pills and me, we don't get along. So now I have this pill bottle sitting on my counter and I know that if I don't take them, if I don't use them, I, the situation I'm in may get worse, uh, or, you know, and if, if, if I, you know, if I take them, then, well, hopefully I'll get better. Um, if, if that is the issue, but I have to take pills and, uh, and that's a huge thing mentally for me to navigate. Uh, so I got a lot going on in my brain, uh, with relation to this. And I know, you know, when you're sitting here listening, you're probably like, you know, you're a 30 something year old man. Why don't you want to take antibiotics? What the hell's wrong with you? They're just pills. And I'm like, I get that. Logically I do. And I completely understand, but, uh, there's that mental block I have against pills of any kind. I don't like the act of, you know, hearing pills jiggle within a bottle, putting a pill in my hand, putting it on my tongue. I just don't like it. I'm not afraid of the swallowing aspect. Like, you know, when you were a kid, it's kind of, it's a weird thing. It was, it's not like that. It's just, there's, you know, there's a lot going into it. Um, you know, back, uh, you know, back about a year and a half ago when I finally conceded to taking pills, you know, a few short days later, my mom overdosed. Uh, on, you know, by way of suicide, uh, with, uh, the utilization of pills. And, uh, I, I, at that moment I slammed the book shut on pills. I was like, nope, fuck it. Forget it, not doing it, not doing it. And, uh, and now here I am trying to, uh, look at it logically and trying to be somewhat, uh, open to the fact that, you know, pills uh, are, are different and pills have their place. And I know that they do. I, I do. I, I comprehend that. And I, I've advocated for pills before and I advocate for pills now for people that, that need them. But, and I'm one of those people, but it's really hard for me, uh, to, to take my own fucking advice. Uh, it's hard. So I, you know, I'm trying, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't have to start taking them until tomorrow, you know, Monday being very fitting to do something like that. Uh, so I don't know. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on that aspect too, but, um, yeah, Outside of those vexations, uh, the week has been okay. Uh, I took Thursday off of therapy because I was exhausted and uh, I just felt like I needed a bit of a break. I don't feel recharged. <laughs> I don't feel ready to go in tomorrow and tackle therapy. But, you know, I, if I don't go tomorrow, I stand the risk of slowly pulling away. And I know that because I can feel that already. And I don't want that. I don't want to slowly start pulling away because therapy is something I need. It's something that's helped me. It's something that's uh, got me to where I am now. And where I am now is a lot better than where I was a year ago. Uh, you know, I, I'm at the cusp of some very exciting things in my life. I have a book coming out, my own book with my own name on it. That's insane to me. And we're making great headway on the book. You know, my publisher says we're doing really well. Uh, I wrote, like I said, I wrote two big, huge pieces in between yesterday and today. Uh, I sat down this morning after a brief conversation uh, with her. Uh, my publisher, Heather, 
and I wrote just over 2,000 words. Uh, in one sitting, I just sat down and wrote this story about uh, Colin. And uh, you know, <laughs> it, was a great, it was a great time, a great memory to, to hold on to. And it really helped elevate my mood. And that's one thing that, I, that uh, I find with being sober is that I do have those moments of alleviation from, you know, from the torment. And although there's a forlorn sense of, of missing him, you know, knowing that he's not here, knowing that those times that we had will never be repeated, but they'll also never be taken away either. You know, uh, they're with me in memory, and that means that that there's a part of him that's alive always and forever. And uh, that's what I hold on to with my mother as well. And so writing this story today, uh, you know, really, really boosted me out of a bit of a funk because I, I woke up later today than I wanted to. I was originally just not happy disgruntled. It was still beating myself up for canceling the date, you know, feeling like, you know, you're here, you are canceling dates on people and, and, you know, you feel like you, you know, you're not uh, attractive or anything. And and you have this girl that wanted to meet with you, whether it was based on the attraction or not is kind of inconsequential, but she wanted to meet with you. She wanted to hang out uh, and, and get to know you and you canceled it. You're a fucking piece of shit. So I had those kind of things going on and then getting up this morning and sitting down with a cup of tea, you know, sitting down with a cuppa, and uh, I wrote this story and it it really did bring me out of a funk. It felt great. I, I wanted to go for a walk afterwards and I subsequently had to go for a walk because I had to go to the doctor, which put me back into a bit of a funk because I fucking hate going to the doctor. Uh, you know, so it's, it's an ebb and flow kind of day. And I think that's symbolism for pretty much any day that we go through, right? Uh, not, not every day is great. Not every day is bad. Some days are a mixture of both. So um, that's kind of, that's how my day's been. I got some food in the oven right now. Uh, you know, I'm cooking up some food, so that's a good thing. Um, that's another, uh, you know, little little bit of self-care, um, which is huge for recovery, by the way. Self-care is huge. Just the little things, you know, like making your bed, that's, that's self-care. Having a shower, that's self-care. Doing something just for you, that's self-care. Uh, making dinner instead of ordering in or whatever, that's self-care. So, uh, I, you know, I did some big self-care things today. Uh, with relation to to writing, that was, in my opinion, self care, just because of how it made me feel, uh, and uh, and I, uh, you know, went to the, went to the doctor. That's a big thing. Uh, me and now making myself some dinner. That's a huge thing. So and my bed is made. Uh, it's a so I have to take today as a win, even though I still feel bad that I cancel this date because this girl does seem very 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 sweet, very genuine. If and if like if nothing else, she'll be a friend. I hope uh, because she's yeah she's a, she's a sweetheart, has a really cool job, um, and uh, and really you know appreciates the podcast. So that's a huge thing too because you know my podcast. I'm pretty transparent. People get to know me, and uh, and that's that's where we're at right now. So, <laughs> um, I've had a good break from social media. I've, I took myself off on a self-imposed hiatus from Facebook, which has been really good, actually. Not really in a big hurry to go back, uh, although there is something that I will partake in soon, and uh, I, I want to make sure. So give me a second. I, I, I just want to get the hashtag correct. Uh, so I got to go to my Twitter here and make sure that I, I get it correct here. Just give me one second, please. If you don't mind, uh, uh, yes, the burst your bubble challenge by Zach makes tracks. The burst your bubble challenge by Zach makes tracks. Zach is a remarkable young man. He's uh, he's part of Brainstorm. He uh, he has a story in that book, 
and uh, he advocates for youth mental health. So at the age of 14, I was busy trying to figure out how to record every single episode of Baywatch so that I could watch them and masturbate feverishly. <laughs> that's that's what I was doing at 14. And this kid's advocating for mental health. That's huge. Uh, not only that, he uh, he rode his bike. I believe it was from Toronto to Ottawa uh, one summer. And uh, and he rode it in, in pretty good time, pushing himself mentally, physically uh, to, to get this done. And, uh, and he's made some uh, some tremendous strides with relation to ending stigmas and uh, and everything. So there's the Burst Your Bubble Challenge. And I was challenged by Heather. Basically, what the Burst Your Bubble Challenge is, uh, somebody challenges you to, uh, to blowing up a, a bubble of gum. You know, you chew some double bubble or whatever you want. Blow the biggest bubble you can. And then challenge uh, your your friends um, or whomever you wish to challenge with a bubble challenge. You take a video of yourself doing it, uh, you know, and and do things that way. Uh, and then you head over to ZachMakesTracks.ca and check out, uh, you know, what you could do to help from there. ZachMakesTracks.ca. Head over there. Check that out. I will be doing that challenge uh, because I feel it's a worthwhile endeavor and it's fun. It's one of those things, you know, mental health can be one of those things that are very draining and very challenging and really hard. And uh, and sometimes it's just very sullen, you know, uh, when you sit down in a symposium or more of a clinical setting, it's hard. It's really difficult. And uh, this this is a fun thing. This is something that uh, Zach and his mom and and, uh, and, and dad, stepdad, uh, you know, have, have got together to, to do together. And... Uh, you know, it's incredible uh, that this is that this is something that's that's going on because it is fun. You know, you you watch these videos of these people blowing bubbles and, and it gets stuck in their nose, and sometimes they're massive bubbles. You know, and you're just you're taken aback by it, but it really, you know, it it forces the conversation, but it keeps it light, and that is uh, that's a rarity. That's a huge thing um, because the issue itself is not light. The issue itself is is heavy. You know, mental health is not easy. And it's certainly not an easy thing to talk about. And, and the fact that a 14-year-old is putting himself out there in such a transparent way, I'm in awe of that kid. I am. I really am. I, you know, I have nothing but respect, huge amounts of respect for Zach and uh, and what he's doing. Uh, and he's a humble young man, too. I've had the chance to meet him, uh, you know, and, and watch him operate in a public setting. He's a humble young guy, uh, which is another thing that in today's day and age, you don't find that everywhere. Uh, especially when you get some notoriety within within relation to social media, and uh, you know, because social media is so pervasive in in today's school uh, schools and, and around that age, it'd be tough to remain humble. And yet, this kid does a fantastic job at it. So he's a pretty special kid. Um, so definitely make sure you get over to ZachMakesTracks.ca and check out that site. It's it's definitely worth worth doing. So I will be doing that. Uh, unfortunately, I can't post. Uh, <laughs> I can't post online but what I'm uh, or on the podcast what I might do is when I'm doing an episode of the podcast I might take a video blow the bubble so it's on the podcast <laughs> hopefully avoiding the microphone and uh, and take the video and post that as my challenge I might do that uh, and then I'll be challenging some people I already know who I'm gonna challenge it's already in my mind I'm not gonna give any uh, hints as to who it's gonna be but it is I am gonna do it so there is that um and yeah anyway that's that's it for me uh, for this week anyway. Um, 
EMDR. I believe I, I go into another session of that tomorrow. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, EMDR is, it's really fatiguing because, uh, it's a lot of visualization and I got a pretty good imagination. I think I always have. It's been one of my stronger things, qualities. Um, so, so yeah, for me, it, uh, you know, it's challenging, um, and very fatiguing, not challenging in that I can't visualize things. It's challenging in the fact that I, I'm exhausted when I show up to therapy and then I become even more so exhausted when I'm at therapy and, uh, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, the, the other day when I did EMDR, it's not that we were talking about anything too uh, troubling and we're starting slow or, you know, kind of doing baby steps with it, which is nice. Uh, but uh, near the end of the EMDR session, I, I had a flash image of my mom thinking about her in, in the old place in Salmon Arm and I was just overcome with emotion. I started, uh, I broke down. Um, it was hard. You know, I, I still have those moments, those little spikes of grief where, the loss of my mother feels so near, you know, so close. Uh, it's not like it every day, you know, people, uh, you know, people who haven't lost anybody may sometimes ask, you know, you know, does, does it ever get easier? And, uh, the honest answer is no, it doesn't, it doesn't get easier. It becomes familiar. The ache becomes familiar. It becomes, um, manageable. It becomes, the pain becomes manageable. It doesn't go away. It doesn't lessen, but it, you know, you learn how to manage it. You learn how to navigate around it and through it. Uh, at least that's my personal experience with grief, uh, is that that's how I've been handling it. Um, so no, I, I can't tell you that it goes away cause it doesn't. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think that's just part of the, th- part of the process. I mean, when you lose somebody so close to you, it's so important to you. I, I don't see how that could ever really truly go away, you know? Uh, so I, I guess the best thing that I could tell you based on lived experience thus far is that, yeah, you just get, you get kind of, you, you build up skills, you build up tolerances, you build up, uh, awarenesses, uh, awarenesses, awareness about, uh, how you're feeling. And, and sometimes those grief spikes do come out of nowhere. Uh, and you know what? It's okay to be upset. I mean, who the heck is going to blame you for crying about missing your dead relative, your dead mom, you know, or whoever you've lost who, you know, and if they do, they're not the people that matter in your life. So, uh, the trick that I find or the, the, the struggle that I have is going easy on myself. It's not so much the outside world poking fun at me or, or, you know, causing any sort of issues. It's me. It's me trying to go easy on myself. Cause I, I hate crying and I hate crying in front of people, especially, uh, it's not, I hate it. I feel weak. I feel uh, vulnerable. I think vulnerable is the biggest, uh, you know, reasoning behind why I don't like crying in front of people. Um, because there was a lot of time in my life, especially younger where I felt vulnerable, but there was no, uh, alleviation of that. There was no protection from that. You know, that there was time sitting in hospital rooms with my mom sick in, in her bed, uh, and, um, hearing doctors come in and out of the room, say things, knowing that I didn't have a father at home, uh, knowing that really if my mom were to pass away at that particular moment, my life is in limbo. I don't really know what's going on. And, uh, and that was a terrifying, 
uh, set of emotions to live with uh, on a constant basis. And, um, and so when my mom would get, you know, when she got better, I was like, oh, this is amazing. But then there was relapses. There was, you know, remission, then non-remission. And it was, it was tough. It was really hard. So there was a lot of time in my life where I felt vulnerable and scared. And, uh, and I think that my, uh, my, you know, my hatred towards crying definitely stems a lot from that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, but it's, it's, well, it's, I can't, I can't avoid it. You know, I, it's not like I wanted to cry. It, you know, I was, the way it came about was, uh, I was, I was in a visual visualization, uh, exercise and I was picturing my hometown. I was thinking of, of the place that I used to go to in my hometown called the wharf. And it's just this huge, beautiful wooden walkway that uh, arches itself out onto the water quite, quite a ways. And it's a great place to sit and watch the sunset. Uh, but as a kid, it was a great place to sit and, uh, you know, just watch and think of the world, uh, you know, looking at the the spaces in between the mountains and, and the horizon going on forever. Uh, you know, seeing mountains in the distance turn into silhouettes and then, and then fading into nothing. It was a great and romantic place to kind of be with your thoughts, be with yourself. And, uh, and it was also a great place to go with your friends and, you know, maybe sneak a beer or two. Um, but I started thinking about that because it's a nice memory. I've been thinking about going back to Salmon Arm quite a bit recently, just as a visit, not to go and live, but to go and visit, you know, to, to maybe figuratively spread my mom's ashes a little bit that way, you know, to let go a little piece of my mom there, uh, on the end of that wharf. Cause I spent a lot of time on that wharf, just wishing and hoping and praying that she would come out of the hospital, wishing and hoping and praying that she would come out of a room, wishing and hoping and praying that she would show up to my hockey game, wishing and hoping and praying that I could make her proud by joining the military and graduating, you know, that, that I made her proud by being a paramedic. And, uh, I think that going back there and, and maybe letting a little piece of her go, uh, will help with some, uh, catharsis for me. And that's, that's my hope anyway. So, uh, sorry, my phone's vibrating. I thought I turned it off, but it's vibrating. I, didn't, I hope that if it came across the mic, it's not going to sound good, but it's just my phone. I promise you, I haven't even eaten anything yet. Uh, so yes, tomorrow is EMDR day. Monday, EMDR, joyous, joyous times. Uh, and honestly, it's not that the, the act of EMDR is so bad. I get the premise of it. And I think, I think it's going to be a tool for me. I really do. I think it's something that I can utilize. I, th- I think I understand the basic concept of it. Uh, at a very entry level, uh, conception, um, or maybe it's just perception, you know, I, maybe I'm just perceiving it to be something it's not, but, uh, it's, I know that it's going to be helpful in some ways, uh, when dealing with trauma, it's just the, the fear I have is that there are so many traumas that I don't know which one to go after and then and then my fear also is that I don't have alcohol anymore so I don't have that you know instant alleviation from from the things that that do come the the, the harmful the, the hurtful things you know when when I had that grief spike with my mom you know in my one of my other EMDR sessions when I had the grief spike uh about my mom I left I left doc's office all like very much exhausted but I I was like man this ache is, it's not going away right now. It's not going away. Why is it not going away? And it's because, you know, 
I, I didn't run to the bar. I didn't run and start pouring alcohol on it to satiate the, the introspective wound. And, uh, and it's not that I want to go and do those things, but there's a fear there that if something hurts too bad, then, you know, what do I do? You know, but I mean, if I can handle uh, missing my mom, then I should theoretically be able to handle anything. Cause that's, I mean, that's some of the deepest pain you can ever feel and experience, at least in my personal opinion, that's how it's been for me. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at with that. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's going to be tiring. I don't know that I'm going to be able to sleep tonight, not because of the trepidation towards EMDR. That's, that's not it. It's just that I woke up late today. I'm feeling pretty energetic right now, which means I'll probably end up going for a walk after dinner because my dinner is almost ready in the oven. I got myself a lasagna, so I probably should go for a walk after because, you know, the only people who should ever be eating pasta is, you know, Mario, Luigi, and fucking professional athletes. And I am neither and none of those aforementioned things. <laughs> so, yes, I should go for a walk after dinner. Um, anyway, guys, that's the update. That's the Medic's Mind update for this, uh, for the end of this week and the beginning of, of uh, this upcoming week. I hope you're doing well. I hope everyone out there is safe. I hope you're warm. Hopefully you to have a belly full of food and if you're out there working just know that i am unbelievably appreciative of what you do and wholeheartedly support you i love you guys thank you so much be safe be well and above all else keep talking to each other